Hello and welcome to another For the Love of Truth podcast. I'm called Adrian. Last night I was very fortunate to have another nice, long, varied and very enjoyable and stimulating discussion with my friend Tom Barnett in Australia. We covered a whole raft of subjects as we always do and I thought you might like to be privy to that conversation. So without further ado, here is episode three, if you will, of Conversations with Tom Barnett and Adrian. I look forward very much to speaking to you in the next podcast. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Right. So, buddy, good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Got a few people looking forward to another interview. They've said they've really enjoyed the last couple. Yeah, we, we do seem to have a, an interesting energy develops and it just kind of takes off and goes its own way, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's always good, by the way. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> no, it, it's the only way to go. I, I, um, I, don't like, I don't like it when it doesn't fly. I've had a few of them and it's just like, no, nah, I, I can't do these. Yeah, well, the other thing is that uh, especially when I first started doing some interviews with people, they'd say, hey, can we do like a half an hour chat before it? And I'm like, why? Why do, I, why do you want to have a half an hour chat before? Because they wanted to like lock in exactly what, you know, the, and I'm just like, why don't we just talk? It's just I'm not, I, you know, you can literally ask me anything. There's no topic. I'll go, oh, you don't ask me about that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. And I, I find that... Uh... I'll never end a conversation until it's finished. And some of them go on for 10 minutes and some of them go on for hours and hours and hours. I was, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it one time, I had a, a lunch meeting with a guy and this was back in the nineties. And we sat down, met at 11 o'clock in a restaurant for lunch. And we were still sat there at 11 o'clock that night because yeah, right. <laughs> there was just a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like that, you know, if that's part of, um, that's a natural cycle, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you've got to have, You've got to you got to let things play out the way that they're meant to play yeah. out, and if you force things or you you put in your construct of how things should be, as opposed to letting the tapestry play out, then you quite often miss out on something that was really meant to be, and yeah. and uh, you know, no, on I, your well, own. that actually ties in with one of the things. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. That's one of them. But before we start, there's, there's two things I want to mention. First of all, a big thank you to you from me. Um, I've been looking at health for a long time. You've got a broader view, a much wider view, and I've learned a lot. And I've actually been updating my book based on our conversations and watching some of your stuff and directions that's taken me. And so thank you for that. Oh, great. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And obviously, well, thank you. And the way I've written the book as well, it means I can send the updates out to people. So they've already had two or three updates in the last three weeks because of it. And they'll probably get another one tomorrow based on something we talk about (laughs) tonight, I'm sure. But that's also why I designed the book that way, so I can keep people up to date as my knowledge evolves and changes. And I've retracted a couple of things in backstage, and I've explained why in the book as well. Yeah, I love, I actually really appreciate when people do that because a lot of people will just throw a book out, and uh, and then it's kind of like I've said it before, where people not just in book writing or anything, but if they have paid money to become, uh, say, certified in something, and mm. then they can't go back on stuff because they've got like some ego and some livelihood <laughs> yeah. and security and all that yeah. all wrapped up in their message. And if their message was ever wrong, they kind of, they can't really go back on it. And yeah. so, uh, you know, like there's some really uh, big names that'll write something in a book. They just go, you only need to do this. And you only they make like $50 million. And in the next book, they're like, you know what? That wasn't quite right, but this is right now. But it's like, but why are you still, yeah. you know, couldn't you have just updated your book that everybody already yeah. bought and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, yeah, so I love it when people are just, and I'm like that too. That's why I've written one book and I haven't written any others because I just like to, 
either I need that ability to, you know, go back and change or update and let people have the updates, which I haven't had the ability to do, or I need to be like, damn sure. Like I've got to have done it for 10 years and looked at all the different ways that it couldn't work or whatever before I say, Hey, this is something that I would like to put forward as advice or. Yeah. Well, absolutely. If you, the, the way I approached it was like software so that there's a change log. I've explained this before. You go to the change log, you get an update message from ReSound, I've changed this, this, and this. You go to the change log, you click on it, it takes you to that chapter, and you can see what I've changed or I've, I've modified or I've added. That's the only way I could think of doing it because we, our knowledge is changing all the time. And because we've been kept so in the dark, it's the only way to do it. As more stuff comes to light, you think, right, I need to add that, I need to change this, update this, retract that, yeah. move that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I've, yeah. I've got to learn how to do that actually myself. Uh, well, <laughs> you could give me some tips on that. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, there's a great piece of software I found because I, I, it all starts with questions. And I did make a video about questions based on our last discussion. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that actually became very deep. I don't know where half that information came from. It just came through. So I thought, right, that'll do. We'll push that one out. There's a piece of software I found from a guy who it's called Scrivener and it's for writing and it's also for screenplays but it allows you to organize it into chapters, move them around. You can see if you're writing one subject and then you want to move on to something else, you can actually pull all the other bits where that chapter is linked to so you can see them to make sure the story flows. And then it also exports right. it to Kindle, to EPUB, and also to PDF for you as well. So um, I'll, I'll okay. share that across with you. That works. And then it's just simply a question of on your website, having the ability to update people so they can go on a secure area and download the new copy. But I use something called Sendal. Um, which does the digital delivery for me. And they collect the money and they take a, a few percent or 5% or something, but that works really yep. well. But I'll, I'll map it out and show you how to do it. And then obviously right. you can put your slant on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Yeah. There was, there was a question I wanted to ask you. Are you familiar with the Primo vascular system? In what way though? Uh, well, it was something that we talked about, you know, energy meridians on the teeth. And then I mentioned Arthur Furstenberg's book, and I was rereading that the other day and really going through it much more slowly. And he yeah. made mention of a guy in North Korea in the 1960s that found the system of interconnected kind of tubules um, around the body that actually were that the energy meridian system. And they float around mm-hmm. the organs, through the organs, and inside the blood. Um, and he explained that the only reason he found them was because he studies living tissue, because when you die, they disappear. And so he, yeah, that, yeah, he mapped them out. It was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's similar to um, well. There's a few people who have done similar work actually because there was the uh, Russians had done similar work a long time ago as well. It's funny how things get. Uh, I think some people, whether it's a purposeful losing or like losing, yeah, <laughs> burning of information, yeah. or uh, it's tightly held. You know yeah. how some people do research and then they don't want other people in other parts of the world to know it. They want to kind of hold on to yeah. their like Eastern Bloc coaches from, you know, like athletics coaches yeah. from a long time yeah. ago used to hold on to some very, like what was pretty much advanced at the time. Mm-hmm. They used to hold on to that as opposed to sharing it. I wonder if that's one of those things because uh, that's a, yeah, that's a phenomenon that I've heard from, yeah. I'm sure it was Russian. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this, this, guy, exactly. this guy was called, um, it was in 1960s and it was Bong Ham Kim. And he published mm-hmm. detailed photographs. And then in 1963, it was published in Pyongyang. And then in 1966, they eradicated his existence from everything in the books, the knowledge and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it, okay. came, it came up again in 2008 with uh, a, French, a French team. And they figured out how to map it and dye it. 
and it's got its own okay. it's got its own um, pulse, which is about twenty or thirty percent slower, and it pulses electrical energy. And mm. uh, it was really interesting because then it ties in with um, Jin Shinjitsu, which is the Japanese art of touch on the meridians too. Yeah, which is like acupuncture yeah, and- without the needles. Is it similar as well to uh, uh, cranial sacral therapy where you're feeling for that particular pulse? There's a particular rhythm to feel that's different to the, um, you know, the, the vascular pulse? I, I suppose it could be, yeah. I know, I know certainly with the, the Jin Shin Jitsu, when I had that tooth taken the other day, because I won't take any painkillers or anything. Um, yeah. The last time I took any kind of medication was 30-something years ago now. And I, there was a lot of, because she had, <laughs> she when she was giving me the injections, my body processes the stuff out really quick. So she's waiting for it to take. I'm saying, well, I can start to feel stuff again. So she was moving the needle around and I thought you're doing a load of damage in there. And that yeah. night it was incredibly uncomfortable, but either side of your ankle, if you put your fingertips with light pressure, or in fact, no real pressure, just touch, you can feel it pulsing in your fingertips, but it pulses there rather than pulsing in your jaw. So that's mm-hmm. a good way to turn pain off as well. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, that's basically how I spent about four hours of that night just sat in bed doing that because whenever I took it off, it hurt too much. But I sat there doing that. And then five, six hours later, then the pain died down and I could sleep. Yeah. Okay. But it, yeah, it's fascinating. It's amazing what the, that's what, you know, that's the thing. It's like these medications and new things. It's either everyone in the past was extremely tough. Yeah. Or we've always had these mechanisms yeah. by which we can, you know, uh, heal the body yeah. or handle pain or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, that, that Jinsen Jitsu is an interesting one. Apparently, you've got 26 nodes, if you will, or blocks around the front and the back of the body, and they act almost like circuit breakers from what I've been reading so that any kind of problem will get trapped there, but then it's your job to release it with touch and you can move stuff around. And it's funny because, you know, when you when you yawn, uh, when you're doing like acupressure, acupuncture, that's releasing energy. And I've only picked this up from watching videos and reading some stuff online. It's funny because I was doing certain things and you end up sitting there yawning there's all different things you do on your fingers and your hands. And it's, I, I was doing some of the, I had a shower before I came down. And so I was sat in the shower doing that, but I do it to my cat and she starts yawning as well as I work way down on her spine. It's really interesting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a good you know way to do funny? it. Yeah. But you know, what's funny is that uh, when you talk to acupuncturists, sometimes <laughs> they'll say, Oh no, no, that's no good. You've got to do the acupuncture. It's way more, uh, you know, they say because they're, they're dealing with the fine point. And it's funny because I just say this because, you know, 20 years ago when I was doing a lot of traditional martial art, karate and things like mm. that, and then uh, you get into some of these other, you know, these art forms that are of the, the healing touch. Yeah. And, and it, even within that, there's like the ego of the the discipline. Yeah. So then they'll say, no, no, you only have to do this. And then you talk to an acupuncturist and say, no, no, you, you can't, it doesn't work well <laughs> enough. It's like you have to be super pinpoint precise with the yeah. – and. And that's when I started learning a lot about the, uh, you know, the fact that everything really has its healing power. And yeah. but if you listen to too many people, then they'll start telling you that one is the best, or the best way, or the other ways aren't as good. And I and I was seeing that in the styles of karate that I did too. I'm thinking it's not the style of karate; it's the guy doing it. Mm-hmm. And but everybody within the styles are going, no, no, that style's not as good as our style. Our style's the best. And they're like, no, but our style. And then you go. Well, isn't that the same as religions? It's like, no, no, they're not right. Our God's right. And, yeah. and you know, I'm just so I got to learn at an early age, I think that that was the way where the human ego holds on to a certain uh, status or they attach it to their art or their craft. Yeah. And then so I got to see that early. But yeah, I, I don't know why I brought that up. I think it was just because when the way you're speaking, 
it's like it's just so true and everything has yeah. it's and it's how you do it it's not it's not you know what i mean it's just that i think a lot of people do as they're learning they kind of get caught up in what might be the best modality mm-hmm. or you know what whatever and it's just it's really everything has its place and it's more how you apply it as well i think is the more important thing well that, that's right and that actually is going to tie into another subject i want to talk to you about later on which is timing but that you're right. I think what people do is that we've been so conditioned that it's either got to be this or that. It can't be this and that or combinations of both. And sometimes this might work better than that. There's so many things at play all the time. So when someone says to me, what do you think's wrong with me? And I said, well, without knowing everything about, you know, the intimate side of your entire life and what you're doing, I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't get a diagnosis book out. All I can do is ask you a bunch of questions and you'll know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Right. That's right. Because a lot of people, you probably get it as well. They ask on uh, maybe a YouTube comment or something and they'll ask how to fix something particularly. And it's kind of like, but I I don't know because I don't know. You need to know a lot more than just, I have this, what's the answer? Yeah. Because you can't really get the answer just from that. It's more of a deep, you kind of need to know a lot more about (laughs) what's going on. Yeah. Well, I I built a, um, when, when I did the video about questions, one of the questions I had, because people started asking me, do you do consultation work? And I'd never done that before. And this is quite recent. I said, well, I mean, if you want, I'll look at it with you. I said, but, you know, I'm not taking any responsibility. You have to be responsible for you. All I can do is give you some ideas about how I might approach that problem. Um, and I thought, I've got to come up with, how do I look at this? So I came up with, it was a mind map. And there's like little subject headings that I can then fill in. And it gives me a better picture. Because they'd be the question I'd be asking of me. So I can figure out what the fuck I've done wrong and how I've poisoned myself either accidentally or maybe on purpose so I can fix the damn problem. <laughs> <laughs> the um, One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the real importance of, of natural rhythms. You've mentioned it before that nature doesn't care what you think. And I think that would be a good start point about how it's important to work with nature. Otherwise, you will pay the price because she doesn't care. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people, we believe certain things. We believe we can act a certain way or live a certain way, yeah. make certain decisions, but nature really only has its own laws and doesn't really care. And by saying it doesn't care, it's actually a benevolence. It's actually yeah. an unconditional love because it goes, it says, if you want to go ahead and do this, it just says, yes, you can do it. Or if you want to end your own life, you can do it. You know, anything you want to do, it it says yes because as soon as you say no to something you set a condition yeah so unconditional love really as far as i can tell (laughs) can only say yes Mm -hmm. and so nature lets you do things but it doesn't just let you get away with it yeah so that's the beauty it's not like a rigid thing that says you must or uh you know confining you to a like a prison cell sort of thing yeah it allows you to do anything but it certainly has consequences so it allows you to believe anything you want to believe and buy into certain uh, thought process or anything at all yeah. but then it always comes back to its own set of regulate it, it regulates it essentially yeah. so which i think is a beautiful thing because the more in touch and in harmony with nature that we become i've seen it across the board in anyone that's ever achieved a greater connection to nature mm-hmm. it's the most it's it brings the most happiness the most contentment the most wealth like inner wealth yeah it just brings the most uh, harmony and and nothing external can really compare to that. No. So in every case I've seen, it's been an absolutely marvelous uh, thing to actually yeah. have more of that harmony. And on a, on a big scale too, like some people are completely tapped into it and they're 
And then other people are only like a little bit connected, but it doesn't seem to matter. It's like so anywhere on that continuum is a positive, yeah. uh, it's just positive for life. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd agree 100%. The, um, and it was a funny thing for me because I, I was definitely part of the machine world for a very long time. I was flying all over the place. I was, you know, driving around in stupid cars, doing things, chasing the money all the time. And I wasn't really that connected to everything outside. And it was only when certain events happened that it really forced my reconnection. At that point, I thought, what have I been doing? Because when, when you have that, that, that to me is everything. It's like walking yesterday. It was chucking it down with rain. It's freezing cold here. And yet walking through the woods and constantly saying, right, I'm now going to brush my hands on all the trees I can touch for the next hour and a half. And it was just a great walk. It was really interesting because some of the trees, I'd stop and think, well, that feels different. And you'd end up spending a couple of minutes there communing with the tree and just relaxing into it before you move on. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Yeah, and well, have you have you found some examples then of nature? Uh, when I say when I first said nature doesn't care what you believe, I think I just said that in that first virus video where if mm-hmm. you you can believe that there's no difference between organic or supermarket food, or mm-hmm. that you can just medicate yourself, take flu shots every year, like believe in all these things, but then if nature doesn't care what you believe, and the result of that is that you can get very very sick and or die mm-hmm. from from those beliefs. Well, I think beliefs are a problem, Tom. I think really we should be we should yeah. be talking about knowing because the belief thing is a trap and that's how they trap you. So, well, do you not believe in COVID? Well, absolutely not because I know it doesn't exist. And that, that yeah. there's a differentiation there that they want you to believe stuff, whereas if you actually go quiet and go inside, you know what's right, you know what's wrong, and you know what you feel. Yeah. I think it's a – I forget who. It's like uh, one of the um, Chinese – I'm not even sure. It's one of the masters of something. And he says that beliefs are all beliefs are a form of ignorance. <laughs> yeah. And like you just said, it's because if you believe something, you don't know it. Yep. So if you ask somebody who's uh, very tapped into their self mm. and you said, do you believe in God? They'll say, no, I don't believe in God. I know God. Yeah. Whereas if you ask somebody that's in an indoctrinated religion, they'll say, I believe in God because belief is like bridging a gap between something you don't know and something that you want to be. Yes. So that's that's kind of the when, when I say that people die from like their they really die from their beliefs because yep. it's not that they medicated themselves and did this and made bad food choices. I mean, it is that, but they didn't die necessarily from that. They died from the belief because it was the belief that led to those actions. Yes. So, to me, they died from the beliefs. And yep. uh, yeah, so I've made a point of you know not doing that, not forming beliefs myself because I only want to know or I don't know, that's and right. then anything in between, I'm not going to form a belief because I don't need that false security of a belief. I would rather have the absolute internal, just, uh, you know, it's just, it's a resonance. It's a knowing I'd yeah. much rather have that. And then, 
swim around in unknowing until I can find a knowing. I don't really need that false security of a belief in the in the interim. No, I don't think you describe that well. I'm not sure it's a false security. I think it's a trap that feels like security. You know, when I start to say, well, yeah. if I catch myself saying I believe this, then I start to get a little concerned because I'm thinking, all right, I'm now in the danger territory of all the sharks and the other things that I shouldn't be swimming with are. Yeah, totally. I think that's a much better way to put it. Yeah. And so from that as well, what I was going to ask is that that was the way I put um, the belief yeah. and nature not caring about what you believe. But have you found the other side? So that's the negative side where you can die from your beliefs. But have you got experience of the other side, which would be that um, like a knowing of nature, essentially, like the way you described walking through, uh, you know, the woods and touching hands on the trees and things. I guess I'm not really formulating the question well, but the the question is based around, is there, uh, have you found the positive side of nature not caring what you believe? As opposed to dying from a belief, there's, yeah. the, there's the flip side of that, which is kind of what you were talking about when you were, you know, getting in touch with nature. Like, is it showing, have you had the experience of it being the positive side of that? I don't really understand the question other than the fact that I know that I trust my feelings implicitly because when I didn't used to trust my feelings implicitly, I used to get into terrible trouble because I'd be living up here and I'd be telling myself rational lies as I rationalize things to myself. Mm. And for me, what I mean, this whole thing really started. I was having a terrible time. I was stressed out of my head. And all I could think of doing was driving to the nearest river rolling my trousers up, taking my shoes off and standing in the river for about half an hour till I felt better, even though I didn't really have the connection. And it was when I stood there and I suddenly realized that all the knowledge and all the information was there to support me. And it just felt like it was washing everything away. And from that day to this, whenever I feel any kind of stress, which isn't that often anymore, the, the support for me has always been there just to disappear and go and do my thing for, you know, a few hours or a few days, even sometimes. Um, and, and, and I know that a lot of people said to me, you know, well, how can you go and sleep in the woods on your own? I said, well, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? Well, you know, and they're always going about lions and tigers and bears, for Christ's sake. And I'm like, just, just go out there. I've been woken up by sheep walking under that hammock tent thing I showed you. Uh, a family of badgers woke me up one night, but there's all mesh on one side so you can see it. And it's just a magical thing just to have that connection and be there where you belong, being part of what you came from, because we're created from the minerals and the vitamins and the plants in the earth. And we go back to being that. So why wouldn't you be there being supported by? It's not there to hurt you, despite what you're told by the system. Totally. And I actually think uh, from my experience of observing a lot of things in my own experiences as well, I really think that when you are, let's say you were attacked by those badges or something, <laughs> there is some element of you, you asked for it in some way, yeah. you, were, you pulled that event to you yeah. or there was some like you've got bit by ants or stuff or something. Yeah. It's like you needed that, that the medicine that is the poison sort of thing yeah. that we're told is there's something in it that, I mean, I've been the same. Like when I was a teenager, we used to go to a certain surf spot and we'd sleep on the beach overnight, mm -hmm. uh, not even with uh, sleeping bags and stuff, mm -hmm. thinking we'd be all right, but actually it gets really cold on the sand at night, even in summer. Yeah. And then I remember waking up halfway through the night and there was a massive kangaroo just standing right over me. And, you know, we're told, because it is true, you know, kangaroos can tear you apart if, yeah. if they want to. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I think there's a real element of some people will have that happen to them and other people won't because yeah. of some connection to everything like you were just talking about. Yeah. I remember just looking up at it and just going, okay, hello. 
And then I just kind of closed my eyes and just kind of went back to sleep. And uh, obviously I was fine, but it's like, it's when you look really deeply into things like shark attacks or dog attacks or snake bites or this or that or the other, it's kind of like you see enough of it and you go, there's some, there's some, there's some like pattern in there where it was like, they've asked for it in some way which sounds really insensitive to somebody that might've either been attacked or lost somebody to an attack of some mm-hmm. sort, if it was fatal, but there's, but, you know, keeping emotion and things outside of it, if you just look at it and you look at what happened and what led up to it or what was going on or the, the actual connection to things, it's like, it's almost like it was nature just doing nature's thing. And it was for a reason beyond what we're ever taught well, about through school or everything plays like its part. Everything is is co-creating everything, and it's all got a part to play. And we all, you know, we I don't even know how to put this into words. I just know what I feel about the thing. I, I agree with what you're saying. That, well, I, I mean, I'll give you an example. My my daughter, my youngest daughter, who's thirty in two weeks' time, so she's not that young anymore, although she's considerably younger than me. Um, <laughs> she used to be really, really frightened of insects, flying insects. She would, I mean, just freak out. And I remember saying to her one time, and this was probably only about six years ago, and I said, you know, what, what, what do you think the message is? And she went, what do you mean? They're just there to scare me. I said, no. I said, if, if, you, if a messenger has a job to bring you a message that you're calling forth the message you need to get, and you ignore the message, but the messenger's only job in life is to deliver that message to you because that's the part they have to play. The more you ignore it, the more irritating the message is going to get until they finally bonk you on the head and go, listen, would you fucking pay attention? I said, so what do you think the message might be? And it was funny because the next day I came down and she's actually, there's a bee that's flipped over on the table and ran out of energy and she's feeding it some sugar and some water to get it back on its feet again so it can fly off. And I thought, what a transformation from just 24 hours ago where you were freaked out. And she said, I got the message. She never shared it with me, but it doesn't matter because she understood what they were delivering and that changed everything yeah. for her and her relationship to many things have changed because of that. Cause she asked that question now is what's the message? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same with health conditions. You probably have the yep. same experience with that. It's like, you know, you might be going, it's I, I've kind of described it before as a, almost like a, like a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And if you're going down to hit the pins, everything's good. But if you start going towards the gutters, life just starts to nudge you back mm-hmm. and nudge you back. And if you're not really listening, it starts to slap you. And then if you're not really listening to the slap, it'll, it'll like, you know, crack you over the head with a bat. And that's something like, you know, cancer or a massive car accident or something that's like a a near death experience or something until you actually wake up and start to listen to it because you're not listening to those subtle little taps on the shoulder. Yeah. Well, that, that goes back to what we talked about with, with nature's rhythms and everything like that, because a lot of that, I believe, (laughs) sorry, I know is, is about, um, it's about quietening your inner world sufficiently so that you can feel that caress, that touch of information. I was talking about that in my video about questions was that more often than not, as you say, the messenger in the early days is a very, it's almost like a gentle breeze on your skin. And because we're that busy, because the system traps us into all this busy noise, nonsense, distraction, that if we can just still ourselves enough, which is what I get from being out in and around nature and earthing and grounding all the time, is you become more aware of those gentle touches. So you never really wander into the gutters like you were talking about. You can go, oh, okay, I'm getting a little closer. I'll just ease myself back in again. And I think if, mm-hmm. if, if people could learn to do that once more, just to quiet themselves down and stop being so distracted, they would get so much more information and be more observant of, uh, you know, what is the right time of year to eat this particular thing? What is the right time of year 
that you know your body's going to detox? What things can you consume at that point to assist with that detox? What is the right time to conceive and all the rest of it? And you start to work with those rhythms because you ain't going to work outside them because it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, it can happen to a certain degree, but that's where the consequences are. You know, yeah. like nature will let you push the boundaries, but it'll always show you yeah. how far you push them yeah. by the result, the end result yeah. of what happens. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, though, because we're, I remember sitting with some uh, indigenous people from our country and and that must have been amazing. We were talking about, pardon? That must have been amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, I get to do it a lot, which is great. And and they're very coy and there's a lot of humor in, yeah. in the way they'll actually bring something about. Like they're almost not giving you the answer, but it's kind of... But I remember one of the people in our group was asking, they're like, you know, you guys, how did you get your wisdom? Are you like, you know, have you got like some connection we don't have or some aliens came and told you and they just, he just goes, we just watched nature yeah. for like tens of thousands of years. We just watched nature. Yeah. And then, so we see the signs, we, we understand the rhythms and everything. And, yeah. and that was, you know, like they were expecting some magical answer, like something that they couldn't possibly do. Yeah. And they just gave the simplest answer, which was just, we watched nature yeah. and we pay attention. Well, the, the other thing I'm sure they do, and this is something I, I talked about in a, an interview I did yesterday, I think it was, that it, people are so hooked up with, you've got to watch this expert and this expert and this expert. And that, I mean, that's a trap because for me, and you'll have heard this, an X is a has-been and a spurt is a drip under pressure, right? So yeah. you don't want to be paying <laughs> yeah. attention to these experts, but your, your average man and woman, you're, you're, the, the indigenous people, they share knowledge, they tell stories, and that's how they pass the wisdom on. And I think there's, there's tremendous validity because some of the most profound lessons I've had in my life have come from people that you would not expect to know anything but they've learned something and by observing them and speaking with them and listening to their stories, it's like, whoa, that's amazing. And it's that telling of stories that I think would be useful to get back to with people as well and sharing it, you know, man to man, like the conversations you and I have, I pick up, there's so much more, not just in the words, but there's all sorts of other information going back and forth as well, which is actually why I have trouble sleeping afterwards because I'm lying there going, well, that was interesting and this and that and this and that. And yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky doing it in the morning, but I get yeah. the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's anytime you have an interaction that's uh, like this, it's you just you do glean more than just the words, like you say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's no secret that for society, that the way that it's structured and then the stories are kind of all held in um, things like Disney and whatever. It's just, And it's all very it's all very well designed to get people into a certain way of feeling and thinking. And yeah. it's not the same as the old ways of storytelling, which like you said, if we can get back to more of the old style, the yeah. ways that we would tell story yeah. um, in, uh, in our culture here, they call it the dreaming mm -hmm. or dream time. That's how they tell their stories, the indigenous people here. Mm. And uh, it's very profound. And, but when we're kids, we learn about the dream time but it's painted as a way that's like it couldn't possibly be anything real. So therefore you've got to listen <laughs> to your teachers and read the books and yeah. learn how rain really comes. Yeah. Rain really comes from evaporation, condensation, gravity, this, that, and the other. It's got nothing to do with the dream time. That's their stories. But we came along and we made things better. So we grow up thinking that, yeah. that it's just dream time. It's just stories. They don't really understand anything because we have science and we know. And then later in life, after you run into a lot of problems and science doesn't help you, you just kind of go, hang on, maybe they were onto something. And then you start looking into their their stuff and their dream time and their stories and you go, well, that explains everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did mention about school and being a trap when I was talking in my video about questions, because that really got me thinking about that. 
Um, yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well, which ties in with that, is time and timing. Because for me, timing is everything. Time doesn't exist. I haven't worn a watch in 30 – fact, it's a lot of things happened 30 years ago. I just want to ditch the watch as well um, because it's just a control mechanism. And I, I get uncomfortable even watching programs where there are like time limits to do stuff because it just crushes creativity because you can't you can't say, well, I have to create this in that time frame. It doesn't work. Same with discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the, the the timing is magical if you get it right, and it's very destructive if you get it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's that whole missing. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the original meaning of sin, like when the Bible talks of sin, sin actually means to miss. Mm. like to miss the the opportunity which is kind of the timing as well yeah i think i think that's the original meaning of sin and it's it's really like that there's so many times where we won't we will miss the actual timing it's like there's a there's events that are all pulled and it's got to this point and that's where we're supposed to create the magic from or have the realization or whatever and we and when we we miss it it's kind of like it's gone and then it's like we have to work harder for it to get to it to that thing where if we get the timing right it's almost like completely effortless like the flow state or however you would like to describe that no i I think i I think you bang on with that and it's definitely that and if 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 you could take less worry about time and I, I don't really pay much attention to it although it's useful you know for like timing you and i having this discussion but the moment yeah. you're in the discussion there is no set end point it will end when the discussion reaches a point where you think right we can stop now yeah you know, and, and that yeah. and that and that uh, approaching because you know uh, my, my girlfriend says what time you be finished i'm like ah, i don't know when i'm done when's that <laughs> <Yeah>. don't <know. laughs> i'll be done when i'm done and sometimes it's dead quick and other times it drags on and on and and I'm also, yeah. you know, when I start things, I have to be very mindful because I get quite obsessive about things and I get into it and then time just disappears for me and I don't think about it. I look up and I think, where's the last five hours gone? Um, yeah. But it's 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 about stepping into that place where time doesn't mean anything. And then you can get yeah. so much done because, as you say, you're in that flow state, the information's coming down, it's going back out, and you're just, you're just moving and everything just falls into place just at the right time, never too soon, never too late. It's just perfect. Unless you try and force yeah. it, then it all falls apart. Yeah, that's right. And when somebody says, like if somebody's doing a piece of art or making some meal, like that's not just, that's really, they're putting themselves into it. And you mm. go, when will it be finished? And they say, when it's finished. Yeah. It's like, there's just, it's finished when it's finished. There's no like other, there's yeah. nothing else to it other than it's finished when it's finished. Yeah. And for me, I, you know, I remember being a kid and you just completely, you'd be out for hours and hours, but you just have no track of time and you're just in some other yeah. you're in a flow state and then like i admit that at the moment i'm not i don't have that as often because i am going too much by a clock because yeah. you know like we we have to start this at a certain time otherwise we'd never yeah. line up to start the start the chat and then i've got to do this call at this time and then this console at this time and then this this at this time and it's i have an awareness of it though so it's it doesn't consume me but i still have to live at the moment too much like that whereas yeah. if we're living more of the natural way and we were just within our tribe, we'd all be helping each other, but you would just, we would be like doing this and then we would doink and we'd come together and that's the time to do the, the call or the consult or something. Yes. And then we'd be doing this and someone else, dunk, you'd come together. That's the time to have that's a right. discussion as opposed to, hey, on Thursday next week at nine o'clock, we'll do this. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not the natural way, yeah. but it still has value. So in what we're doing, it, it has its purpose and value, but it's not actually the natural way, is it? Because the natural way is 
we're in a tribe. We're not supposed to talk to somebody on the other side of the world uh, through a digital medium. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. There's an element that's not not holding the complete natural force or cycle within it. And and everyone knows that it's like you just run into somebody. You're like, oh, I can't believe I ran into you. How fortuitous! Yeah. What a serendipitous meeting this was. Yeah. And and that's when that real magic is there. So everybody knows has that experience, and that is exactly how we're supposed to be biologically for the way the brain works where we're not meant to live in any 50 to 150 people max is kind of like the way we're wired to really gel yeah usually around 50 to 80 is the ideal number mm-hmm. 150 max beyond that we can't really have cohesive and a harmonious uh, tribes in numbers greater than that but yeah. what do we have in society millions and millions of people <laughs> governed by like one leader and yeah. They can never, ever fulfill that role because they can never, it's an impossibility to actually properly manage or yeah. please or support yeah. all of those people. Yeah. And that's the system is designed not to work. Yep. Whereas we, if you got back to the more natural systems, natural numbers of people, forgetting watches and clocks, it's just, we live within sunrise to sunset, it's nighttime. That's when this happens. And then as we bump into each other, yeah. <laughs> During the day, that's when these sorts of things would come out in their natural ways. Yeah, well, that that yeah, you're absolutely right, and that that leads into the next thing. Then is that moving forwards? I've, I've been talking to quite a lot of people, and you actually had a, an email from a, a pal of mine, Stuart, um, the other day, mm-hmm. and and your response was was exactly what I expected, and I was talking to him about it too, and 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 based on that small group that you're talking about, and the idea of grassroots movements, and I said, look, the only way this will work is little small local communities, tribes, doing their thing, and they can share knowledge and information with each other to improve on their own systems. But that cohesive unit is the way the thing can grow, and then those seeds can become bigger plants. But they're never going to get too big, because as soon as they get too big, they're going to fall over. They have to be maintained as small units. And if they'll do that and share knowledge, then that's how your body works. That's how everything works in nature. You know, so yeah. I, I think that definitely is the way this this whole thing has to roll out in the end because it can't go any other way. Yeah, and I also think the uh, technology is a bit of a trap. You know how you say beliefs <laughs> are a trap? I think the technology is a trap because the more we're going, hey, look, I've got a phone and I can like, hey, I can call you on the other. It's like, or I can Google something. But I think the more you rely on that, the less you are tapped into the actual source of yes. way more of the information that you can get. I yeah. think it's a, you know, but when we were in smaller units, there's so much documented uh, evidence and stories and everything of people in different regions at the exact same time getting the same message, like figuring out how to make a wheel or figuring out how to do this or make that. Hundredth so monkey? It was, coming from, was it the hundredth monkey? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, it's just everybody can figure this out at the same time, but why? So then if we're going, no, let's, let's all share on Facebook or let's do this. It's like, yeah. what are we, what are we not tapping into as a result? And they're therefore like it becoming like vestigial. It's, it's something that gets lost always there in the DNA to activate, yeah. but it's like, we, we, we forget that. Yeah. And I think that's a big trap. I really think the technology is a trap because people say, well, the solution is this and the solution is AI and the solution is this because it can do all this connecting. And it's like, well, it can, but should it? Because can't we just do that anyway? Is that not part of our makeup as a human being? We have yeah. all of these abilities and are we just going to forget all of that because then technology does it for us? Well, I, I, I believe that's exactly where they're trying to take this. And I think that is it is absolutely a trap because 
the idea of plugging yourself into a very limited mainframe system, because that's all it is, would then deny you access to all of the knowledge throughout creation, which is what we are part of and what we are connected to and what you know life is expressing through us as well. So why would you want to cut yourself off from that? The answers are inside and out and through. They're not in one of these stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> which, which again yeah. is why I use this because I can't get the internet on it. I can't do emails on it. Even texting is a pain in the ass. It's good for phones and that's it. Yeah. Which yeah. actually leads me on to another, another thing. You mentioned the other day about, um, I, I, and it's something that I think is hugely important and it's something that so many people have forgotten. It is too easy with technology to not do what you say because you can just give mm -hmm. an excuse. You know, it might, I'm good for my word. You're good for your word. Things happen sometimes we forget, but normally if I say I'm going to do something, it gets done. Now, it might not happen immediately and in line with the right time because the timing dictates a different thing. But I think that we've got to be careful of the trap with the technology that you just, you basically become a liar with it as opposed to being an honorable man or an honorable woman and doing as you say you're going to do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's so spot on. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's how it used to be. It was just always like that. And you're, you're right. There's the, the amount of people that I've been around that just say, oh, just say, tell them like you're in hospital or tell them like your car's broken. I was like, but none of those things are true. And I don't want to say those things and bring them on. Yeah. Just, you know, it's yeah. like, it's those are the extreme examples. But you're right. It's like all these miniature lies that are just yeah. constantly done through technology. The biggest lie, of course, being, presenting who we are online because it's only an avatar <laughs> yep. it's not you right. it's got it's nothing to do with who you are or yep. what you are it's like here's how i present myself so it's almost like you the being that you are never engages you're always putting forth this idea of who or what you are yeah and that is engaging with the idea of who or what other people are yeah but the beings are just kind of like sitting there doing nothing yeah and uh it's a yeah i think that's a trap too well, it is a trap, and that's it's one of the things I, I'm I'm spending a lot of time, you know, when I learned how to do the, the video, and I'm like, how do I do this so it actually looks real, so I don't look like something I'm not? And then I've got new microphones now, or new to me, they're all used because I might buy new, and you know, I might buy the old new yeah. lead, but the rest of it's all used as it should be. Um, is that now I've got this, but now I sound different. So how do I now reverse engineer my voice back out so it sounds like me once again they said oh you sound like a radio this i want to fucking why do i want to sound like that it's not me what is this obsession with presenting what you're not to a world that doesn't yeah. give a shit anyway <laughs> yeah yeah that's right nobody really cares i mean the amount of people that i know that because i've done a lot of uh i used to do a lot of you know physical training and that sort of thing for yeah. uh people that are I, in the public spotlight, let's just say they're yeah. either athletes or they're like uh, models or whatever. And the yeah. amount of people that present a certain lifestyle on their social media, yeah. and it's absolutely nothing like what their actual lifestyle yeah. is like to the degree where they're actually really not happy. They're always depressed. They're always this and that and the other. They're not actually healthy. They've got all these gut problems and whatever, yeah. but they're promoting products and <laughs> ideals and programs and things that are actually the source of their problems, but, but making it sound like they have the greatest life. And if other people just buy it off them or whatever, yeah. it's um, or follow them. Like they get gratification in the number of people that will follow them and things like that. And it's really a, it's very at odds with the reality yeah. of, what life is. Yeah. No, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's hysterical. It's like, I'm, if people meet me, I am no different. The real version of me, as opposed to this false thing on the screen, you'll yeah. get the same things. I swear more. 
Um, <laughs> but that's it, really. Um, why would I be any different? I mean, Jesus Christ, you'd have to have a memory like an unbelievable thing because thousands and thousands of people are now watching it. I'm like, if you want to meet me, come find me and I'll be exactly the same with you. There's no difference. Yeah. And this, because uh, I've noticed this a lot with certain like personalities, whether celebrities or just personalities, and they present a certain way. Yeah. And then you get them one on one and they're almost like, vapid it's kind of like where yeah. where is the where is the human there where yeah. is the aliveness it's just yeah they uh when they're not presenting this hey look at me i'm a, i'm this guy and i do this and i say these and then they you, they get to you one-on-one and they're like oh yeah mate oh nice to meet you uh, yeah. and it's not like <laughs> just, it's not like they're famous enough that they're trying to just avoid like you're wasting my time that's not it at all mm. it's really the fact that they don't have uh there's something completely not there there's yeah. no aliveness there when you're like okay let's connect properly yeah. not let's project something that's not us yeah and it's uh it's really common it's it's but then this is a good thing is when you come across those that aren't like that like they are literally the same in person you're like wow that's like really really powerful mm. and it's happened to me with a couple of musicians that are really famous mm. and they're so just present with you yeah. and you just go, well, that's, that's special because I've met so many others that just like, there's nothing there unless they're projecting on stage. It's like, they're this thing that doesn't have life, mm-hmm. but they project life into a camera or a, onto an audience, but without the camera or the audience, they're just like, they're literally nothing. Yeah. No, that, that, that makes perfect sense. It makes a lot of sense. It, it's a funny thing. I was talking to someone yesterday and he, he was saying, you know, where do you want to take your channel and stuff? And I said, I want to take it anyway. I want to stop doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> when when people have got the message and I mean, my, my view is simple. I want everyone to think for themselves and feel for themselves and work their way through this for themselves. I do not want people looking at what I'm doing, what anyone else is doing and saying, oh, you've got the answers. We haven't. We've got the answers for us. We have our own wisdom all we're all really trying to do, I believe, is to share that wisdom back so that you can put yourself back on your path again and find your way forward, sometimes by looking over your shoulder like the Fibonacci, or the Fibonacci numbers where you look one back to see what's coming next. But yeah. to do that and then get the trust in your own self again so that we can go back to our lives because I, I don't, long term, I can't see a future in, in doing this because People have to think and look for themselves. They don't need all this other stuff when they find their way again. It's about, you know, just take your stuff back, get your toys, read your books, crack about your business, and you'll be fine. And I'm going off to do my gardening again or go surfing or go walking yeah. or go hiking or biking or whatever. Yeah, I'm the same. I think most of this sort of stuff is a means to an end, you know, like a, a microphone or a yeah. laptop or whatever. It's kind of, it's all trying to get, I, I think the message is similar to you. It's just to get people to come back to themselves. Yes. And then once people are back to themselves, then we can just throw all this stuff away and just unite together and just do, do, do this yeah. all the natural way. And yeah. then, um, yeah, because I don't see myself podcasting or anything for like a career. No. It's just kind of like I've fallen into this as something that's a necessary step, but yeah. I just see it as a step. It's to, it's to lead to somewhere where people are going, okay, let's get back to nature. Let's get back to tribe. Let's get back to, uh, you know, the natural ways and and understanding why we're really here. And, uh, you know, maybe all this stuff that we do now, it still is archived somewhere on the internet because I'm sure the internet will still be around for our lifetime. Yeah. And then for all the people that are latecomers or just growing into wanting to find out a bit more about, you know, is the internet even the best thing? Yeah. And they come across something like this, you know, in 20 years when we're already off on land just, you know, yeah. doing things the natural way, but it can still, I guess, lead people more back towards it. 
No, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And that's definitely, it's an interesting thing, which is why I'm carefully curating all the content I've got onto my website and archiving it all properly so that there is, it's all searchable. You can find your way through it. And it's actually quite good now because I end up going, when someone asks me a question, I think, right, I don't even know what video that was in. I'll go and search for it so I can find it. And, and it's, it, it, I, I think it has, it has value. It has validity for that. And it's also been a, it's a really interesting journey in its own right to try and figure out how to get more of what I feel than what I know how to put into words to try and express it back so you can explain it in simple terms so that people can go, actually, I can grab a hold of that. And one thing I'm very mindful of doing is not to give too much. I want to be more of a road sign and say, look, go there for some information. You'll probably find something over there. Because if you give them, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think if you give them just a little bit too much, because they're so used to being spoon-fed, they then won't go and search for the more information. I agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's also this thing, a lot of people have an obsession with like waking everybody up. We've got to get everybody woken up. Yeah. The thing is, if you if somebody is resonating, say, like at this frequency and you're trying to get them to hear before yeah. they actually reach that frequency themselves, like say you grab them and you lift them up and you're like, and hey, do it this way, do it that way, you're then responsible for them. Because if you suddenly go, you let them go and they're like, Kunk, yeah. back down or lower them where they were before, yeah, yeah. I think you do them a disservice. And it's the same with, I'm absolutely the same. It's kind of like, it's a fine line between actually wanting to share, yeah. but then realizing, hang on, there's a point at which that's going to do them a disservice because yeah. they will not learn how to learn or they will not actually get there or they'll latch on to you to yeah. be their answers for everything. So you're kind of like, hmm, how much does this person actually need to know? Yeah. Or what, you know, how much is too much to give them? Because I've seen the exact same thing where that little bit too much, they won't go and do it on their own anymore. Yeah. And it, uh, and then you feel, uh, that was my fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's, there's another there's another challenge as well from, from, say, my viewpoint, that if I think I'm responsible for that, that man or that woman, I might have to slow my journey down in order that they can kind of keep pace. And that that also is then doing creation a disservice, me a disservice, and it's also dishonoring them, that I should run at the speed that I'm capable of going at, whatever that happens to be, and that changes all the time, gathering information, share it as I see fit, and, and people can do what they want with it. Because if we if we try and say, well, you know, we've got to go at this speed now, we're breaking the whole thing. It's never designed to run that way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, every exactly right. Like everything has its its pace and, yeah. and it's all in there as a balance. And as soon as you start going out of the balance, which yep. is essentially going outside of nature's kind of uh, structure, then then there are consequences to that. You know, yeah. things fall over or things back up or, you know, it's just, it doesn't really work. So that is the, I think that's part of the humility where it's like knowing it's sometimes it's not the best thing to stop and, and pick somebody up. Because what if somebody being down in the gutter is like, you go, oh, well, I should help them out. They they need help. But mm-hmm. that's just us deciding they need help. Mm-hmm. But what if they were only like another hour or two or a day or whatever away from a self-realization from being in the gutter yeah. on the 12th bottle of vodka? Yeah. And we go, no, that's too much vodka for you. And we pick <laughs> them up and we put them in a shower and get them a job and stuff. And it's yeah. like, did we just stop them getting self-realization? Yes. Because we decided that was, they're wrong. They're too slow. They need the right information. They need a leg up. Yeah. Um, if they ask for it, that's different. But yeah. um, if we decide for them, maybe we're just projecting our path onto theirs. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story, actually, which I haven't shared online with anybody. 
when I used to live in the city centre of Manchester years ago and I was selling property and I was very unhappy because I worked out that I was being involved in a scam and scamming people and then I worked to destroy the guy's business for him, which I did with a 25-pound blog. I brought his 100 million pound business around his knees for him. I told him I'd do it too. And I said, and you won't be able to stop me and you won't be able to figure it out because I'll just run rings around your head, um, which was quite funny. But the, the point of the story was on a Friday night when I used, I used to go out and drink a lot and, and, and smoke a lot as well. And then I decided that was a waste of time. So I'll go and instead I'll just wander around and I'll speak to the guys on the street. And I remember one night having a really deep conversation with the guy about how he got there and what had happened. He was explaining all the kind of things that had befallen him, but there was still a spark in his eyes. And he was asking for money. And I said, look, I won't give you money, but I'll give you this coat because it's a cold night, but we'll just sit and we'll sit and chat. And we had a really good chat. And I said, you know, you, you didn't just land here. You didn't wake up one day, fall out the sky, hit the deck under that fucking doorway. And that's, that's your life. I said, something happened. And if you can backtrack to the point it happened, you can probably find your way back out of this, but only you can do that. But I believe you can do it because you seem like, you know, you, you, you're an honorable man. You seem like you're not being stupid. And it was funny because we must talk for maybe two hours and I gave him the coat and walked home in the rain on my own, but I felt better for doing it. And about two years later, I was in a takeaway and I was getting some food and a guy behind me who I didn't recognize said, I'll pay for that. I said, why would you do that? And he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I went, no. And he obviously was smartly dressed and stuff. And I went, I've got no idea who you are. And he said, you spoke to me in a doorway two and a half, three years ago when I was really down on my luck. And he said, you got me thinking. And he said, I'm back in a relationship now. I've got a reasonable job. I live in a house. And he said, it's all down to you. And I said, no, 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 no. You did that. I gave you some ideas and I asked you some questions, but you put yourself back on your path. I said, but I don't want your money. So what I want you to do is find someone else and you pay it forwards to them the same way I did it to you. And that's what you have to do. And we ended up having a really nice chat. And it was just, and that's happened two or three times in my life. It's interesting. If you'll just take a moment to do it, drop a pebble and then wander off and see what happens. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. It's a better way than getting yeah. pissed on a Friday night anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also there's there's still some value, obviously, that you gained from that as well. Like oh, he God, obviously yeah. got a lot of value from that, but for you, there was a lot of value in it as well. Well, I think it, every everything's a gift, Tom, because every conversation, I was saying to someone before, I said, look, every, every interaction I have with everybody brings sunlight into my life, either when they join the conversation or when they bugger off out of it, but either way the sun comes. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but when it comes down to it, yeah, because... Every, every, because everything's a reflection, when you are expressing yourself to the person that's kind enough to be reflecting your energy back to you whilst they're doing it like you're doing with me right now and I'm doing with you, we are hearing what we're saying. And what we're saying has very much the same level of validity back, but certainly does in my experience. So these discussions are great because I learn and grow from the stuff that's also coming not out of my mouth, but through my mouth. It's coming down and through. Because sometimes I have these conversations and I sit there and go, I've got no idea where that came from. But it sounded interesting. And so I paid attention. What I've started doing as well is I watch these videos when I'm doing the editing and stuff. And I think, I don't recall that. It was really interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's like come from somewhere else. Yeah. It's um, just on that, you know, when you said, uh, I mean, I'm the same, like the, the amount of times that I'll just, I get very into my own world. Yeah. And then it, when I am actually out and I have a conversation with somebody in the street, I just go, well, that's really that's really uh, enlivening to me because mm. even if we didn't talk about much, I, I, I do always glean something from yeah. an experience with somebody. 
And uh, one of the things I've noticed though is because I can, I have a tendency to just, if somebody's saying something that's not right, <laughs> I have a tendency to just like, it just hang on, there's something comes up. And when I've got, what I came to with the realization of though, was that when somebody actually, well, cause I called them on it and they said, well, actually I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what it is. I'm actually just trying to speak stuff out so that I can understand it better myself. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> and I, I think some people are doing that. Well, I think, and that comes back to what we we're talking about before with the tribe and the conversations where you bump in and you clarify knowledge by explaining it. And I think one of the things that a, a, a lot of us have, have got into a kind of a bad habit or fall into a trap with is because we're in so conditioned at school that you don't say anything in case you get shouted at or told off for being stupid, even when you're not, that we forget that a lot of this is clarification. Like I said at the beginning, I'm, I glean a lot and I'm making modifications of things based on your experience. And you said you're picking up stuff from me, which is the way it should be. And those yep. conversations are hugely powerful. Yeah, they are. And I also think, though, in a way, from a couple of experiences like that, uh, you know, I've said, I think I've said with you on one of our other interviews is that uh, we generally as humans, we have a tendency towards lying to ourselves all of the time. Yeah. And then as we lie to ourselves, that comes out into the world as, as I was saying about before the, the, the avatar kind of a thing, mm -hmm. the, the fakeness. And then, so if we just, I think sometimes phrase things differently, like, uh, and even for ourselves, because one of the, the core causes of stress in a human is the need to be right. <laughs> If yeah. we lose that need, we're so, suddenly so much less stressed yeah. and there's less conflict between people as well because we're not budding beliefs together or anything like that. So instead of saying something like, you know, you should only eat this way because it's better or it's inhumane or it's this or it's that. And you just, but instead of saying that, you say, you know what, for me, eating this way just makes me feel that this is how I prefer yeah. to eat for these reasons. And then you're not projecting it onto somebody else. And all of a sudden there's no conflict because there's no beliefs going against each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you already know that. I just mean, you know, for people listening, I think it's a, mm -hmm. it's a key point. And it's something that I've learned to do as well, where I don't, uh, especially if you're talking about touchy subjects like vaccines or mm -hmm. whatever, in this kind of conversation, I'm happy to say, look, they're never safe. They're never effective. There's no point to them, mm -hmm. but whatever, you know, make just, big statements like that. But if I'm discussing it with somebody who it's their, their emotions are invested in it, their beliefs are invested yep. in it. I'm a lot more gentle yep. and I'll say things like, look, personally, I, I don't take vaccines because of these reasons. I don't say vaccines are bad. They're evil. They're this and that, because mm -hmm. now I'm just saying something or projecting something onto them as mm -hmm. a knowing or a belief yep. or whatever it is. Yeah. And so they'll hear it a lot better and we can communicate a lot better if mm -hmm. we're not saying what the other person should do. We just say what makes us feel what what's right to us, yeah. I guess, instead. Well, yeah, but see, what, what you're doing then is, is something, when you go to court and they say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God, and you say, yes, you're immediately branded a liar because you don't know the truth. You only know your truth. Yeah. And yeah. what, what we should be doing with each other is saying, look, I don't know what the truth is, but I'll tell you how I see things from my view. And I was mentioning this in an interview yesterday that everyone's view, because it's unique to them and their experience is unique to them, it's valid. And it's something that if we shared more with each other and took that, because you might go, God, you know, I never realized that. I, I had no idea. And it's something blindingly obvious when you hear it. But at the time, it's, it's revelational because you think, I, where did that come from? And, mm. and that, I think, is hugely important. I, had a, I bumped into someone before I was up to the dairy getting some milk. And it was, it was an interesting conversation because they said, well, I, I've been tested for COVID because I think I've got it. And I said, you haven't. 
I said, well, how can you say that? I said, well, have they ever identified what it is? And they went, yes. And I went, have they? Are you sure? I said, because I've written to them and asked and I've done public, you know, inquiries to Public Health England and Public Health Wales and they've all come back saying they haven't got any record of it. I said, so, I said, you do know that there's a price to pay for ignorance, right? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, if you remain ignorant, there's a price to pay, which could be, you know, injury. It could be your own death. I said, why don't you go and ask some questions? Because I guarantee one thing, this will not stand two questions, let alone three. So go and find some good questions, do some digging and let the truth be revealed to yourself. Well, what's the truth? And I went, I've just told you how to go find it. See you later and walked off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and, and it's that, but it's that people have to do that sharing. They have to express it. But like you said, you have to pick and choose it. You can't wait in because if you wait in and go Bleh, and you vomit this knowledge all over, all they're going to do is go, why have you puked on me? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And it is like that. It's, um, I mean, that's the same in, it was, and I learned this because I was, when I was younger and I started first working with people as a personal trainer and things, I was like, just so keen to share everything yeah. I knew. It's like, yeah. you've got to know this and you've got to know that and you've got to know this. Yeah. And it's just, and sometimes, and after a while I realized I was actually harming some people because I was just there trying to vomit all my knowledge yeah. all over them that they didn't need to know and actually made them too much in their head. Yeah. Like I was going, oh, this thing that you've got here on your ears, this side mean that you're susceptible to, uh, you know, your kidney energy being depleted and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And it's like, then you see them like looking in the mirror, they're like, they're like checking out the area and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> that was just the dumbest thing to say. They didn't need to know that. But no. I just decided that I'd learned all this stuff. Now I've now everyone else needs to know it. Like I need to share it. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's something that that's common. I just think it's a, it's a common thing for people. It is kind of humorous. It's not like, a, yeah. but it's like, you know, and I remember reading a, a, a quote from a guy who was like 70 or 80 years old. And he was, uh, I think it was an author. And this was at a time where I was really keen to write some books when I was mm. 25. And I'm like, like everyone needs to know what I know. <laughs> I know so much. <laughs> what I used to think. And, uh, and then the quote was, the world needs books. It doesn't necessarily need your book. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a bit more wisdom before I write a book kind of thing. And uh, I think it's a common, it's common. We get very excited about things. Yeah. And, and if we haven't really, I think that's a barometer. Because if we haven't internalized it properly ourselves, yeah. we'll be way too keen to share it with others. Yeah. And I think if we've if we're not that keen to share what we actually do know, then that's a barometer to say, hey, maybe that's something worth sharing. Yeah. I think because I know from my own experience and seeing it in other people, like the amount of people who I know that have gone and done like one course on something and then become an expert and they need everyone else to know about it. Like yeah. they've gone to the Amazon once to do ayahuasca or something. And now they're running tours to go there without really knowing what they're doing. That's or dangerous. they've gone and done like, you know, read a book on something and now they're just going, Oh, everybody, this is the answer to everything. Now you should pay me $500 an hour to consult for you. And it's like, dude, you just did, you read like one book and now why? Because they've just like, this is the answer. And before they've actually assimilated it and found out if it is the answer to anything at all, they're just like doing this. Everyone needs to know about this thing that I now know about. Yeah. But if they had just sat with that for some time, which is usually years, yeah. then that would become a balance. And that balance point doesn't need to shout or put no. bright lights on or sell stuff. That balance just is there. And yeah. then maybe it should share at that point, but it doesn't feel the need to. And I think that's a, I think really that's a barometer for whether things should be shared or not. Well, I think you're absolutely right. Someone said to me the other day, you knew what was going on. Why didn't you share? And I said, because you didn't ask. Yeah. Why would I share it if you didn't ask? You know, when, when my 
my um my mother died over 10 years which i've explained before um and that's when i started to do the research on cancer i don't know if i mentioned that my dad he also died of cancer about what was it now it was december i think not last year but the year before and when i i we'd had a bit of a fallout um and i really hadn't spoken to him much over about four or five years before that um and when i found out and i went down and saw him and the first thing he said was i'm not interested in your fucking stupid ideas on medicine the doctors are going to fix me and i said all right fair enough and and i said i'll tell you what we'll do um i will bring with me certain things which i believe could provide you with some relief and i'll bring all the knowledge with me but out of respect and honor to you i won't mention it and if it ever gets too much then you ask and if you don't ever ask me i'll never talk to you about it how's that and he said that's fine and i watched him go through hell and then die but I never mentioned it because it's out of honor and respect to him because people don't need to know what they don't want to know. Like you talked about that level that they're at. They have to come to their own realizations. And, and that's really what it comes down to. Like I said, you've, I've, I've said before, and I've heard you say, people are looking for the answers instead of finding the right question. Find the right question and then the answers will come to you and you'll figure out who to ask and what you need to know. Yeah, and I think you did the greatest service possible to your father because... Yeah. Like we, we see death as this final thing, but it's not. It's yeah. like that that passing, that passing was part of his actual uh, growth. Yeah. And, and to to understand what he wouldn't have understood stood in words or whatever from you at the time. So I think you really honored what was yeah. the actual path for him to come to the understanding in the right timing. Yeah. Because the passing is actually an understanding of of greater things. It's not like a, a finale or anything. Yeah, well, I got that when I um, I did, uh, what is it now? Ancient Sage. I can't remember the name, but the name escapes me and it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's an hallucinogen. And I can't remember why I can't remember it. But that that was a complete revelation to me because I had such a different experience of everything. Um, you know, and I think the funniest thing was when I was on my way back, Salvia, Salvia Davenorum, which was to me like bungee jumping out of the universe. It was extreme, um, because it happened so quick because one minute you're fine. And the next minute you've inhaled the most vile smoke you can imagine. And then you're off. And it was literally like being fired out of a cannon. I'm like, okay, this is all very different and very strange. And what, what was funny to me, Tom, was I had this experience that felt like it went on for six or seven hours. And I had, I had a friend with me and I said, look, this is what I want to do. I talked about it. I talked to other people who'd done it, put the environment right for me because the environment's everything, that kind of situation. I explained what I might need to do if anything happened to me. And, and I was back and I was covered in sweat and everything. And I said, I'm so sorry it was so long because my experience had been like half a day nearly. And he said, what do you mean so long? He said, you've been about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, Really? <laughs> And But what was strange was that towards the end of it, when I'm heading back and I've been out and explored and realized that I am the universe and that connection was a very gustatory thing. And I'm looking down at my body and I'm thinking, there is no way I can fit in that. There is no way anything can fit in that. It's tiny. And the next thing you're going, so that's how you fit in it then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and for me, that was such an amazing experience. I only wanted to do it. I did it twice. And I've never felt like going back because I've got such a clear perception of that sensation. And in many ways, I can take myself back there in my meditations because I've meditated for so long. So you, you remember the pathways back. And that's one of the other things is not to get too dependent on things that can take you on those journeys because you don't have to. Once you've been there a couple of times, your body and your mind and your soul remembers the way all they're doing is saying, look, it's through that door there. You've just forgotten there's a door there. Someone said that pretty much the exact same thing the other day to me because they were telling me about their experiences with various 
plant medicines and things. And mm-hmm. they said, and I said, they said, have you ever done any? And I said, no, I haven't because uh, I've experienced a lot of things just on my own. And I don't mm-hmm. want to take something that is not necessarily, because I think the way to everything is, is in, not yes. like something you take from outside. And Trying. he said, yeah, but that's not it. He said, he said the same thing. He said, it's to show you what's like without, for, for a lot of people, they might not actually know what's there in the first place. Yeah. So without knowing that there's something to reach, how would they know the way there? Yes. So they said, what it does is it opens that door. Yeah. And then and then he said, you know, he was talking about a lot of these experiences he's had. And he said, I have no inclination to want to touch that yeah. substance, whichever one it was called again, yeah. some form of DMT. Yeah. And he said, yeah, he said it for exactly that reason, you know, people shouldn't use it as like to get high yeah. or as a crutch. Like I do it every week so I can get back to that place. <laughs> He said he's done it yeah. and now he doesn't feel called at all. Yeah. Even if there was people there in a circle who all had it and offered it, he'd say, no, thank you. Yeah, I'd be the same. And for the reason you said. Yeah, that's right. It's, well, when you know, you know, and that's it. What, what You don't need to know more of the same shit. You already know it. You can't get more, well, I mean, you can get more knowing, but like behind me it's black all right it's not going to be anything else doesn't matter how long i look at it it's going to be black actually unless i dick around with some control that i can make it other colors but (laughs) is there anything else that you would like to add share talk about uh no i think uh no i I mean it's always you know like we've spoken about i always get a lot out of just having these chats myself yeah, I think there's a, there's a real element, I think, that we've been, you know, an underlying theme, I think, we've been speaking about a lot throughout our chats, which is that whole thing of coming back to the self. Yes. There's a lot of people like, and I think it's great, you know, when people comment, hey, look, we got a lot out of this conversation, I think it's great. It does give me a sense of, like, I'm glad I did that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, you know, it's something gives me value to know that somebody else got value. But at the same time, it's like you and I don't have the answers to no. things. It's great that people listen, but it's also, a, a, I think it's important to let people realize that life isn't about going from like listening to this, this podcast, reading that book, doing this, because they can help, but don't go too far into relying on these things. And we need people to speak at this time because of all the, you know, the nonsense going on. But we don't really, we just need people getting self-knowing yeah. about who they are, you know, what's really going on. That's just an individual journey. It doesn't really matter how many people are out, you know, speaking and writing things and whatever, because it mm-hmm. does help. It has its place. Mm-hmm. It does. I'm not saying people shouldn't do it because if people weren't talking like this, then maybe the regime would be further along than it actually is. Mm-hmm. So it definitely has its place, but it's not the answer. It's just something that's playing a role, but the actual answer or the realization or the knowing can only come from the individual. So I just encourage people as you would do, Adrian, to uh, spend more time, yeah. you know, tapping into or spending time in nature, observing and observing themselves and getting things that way yeah. and not relying so much on the technology and all the things, the mediums that we have yeah. in this day and age where information is presented because information is just, information is anything. Yeah. You know, cows have four legs. My blanket's made out of cotton. But that's information, but what good is that? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like noise. It's that information is not knowledge or wisdom or power or anything. No. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree 100% with everything you said that the answers are in each and every one. 
but they're their answers. All all these discussions serve to do, apart from the fact that I, I get a lot from them as well as I know you do. And it's all part of that. And people can, can and we can all embrace that and enjoy that. But when it comes down to it, you, not you, Tom, but the, the other people out there listening to this, you have a responsibility to honor yourself and find your own questions and then find your own answers that you can then share with your tribe and your family and those that you care about. And that's how this will get resolved. It won't get resolved outside of you. The answers are all inside. You define the questions, you'll start to find the answers. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well awesome. Said. Right. And brother, that was, again, amazing. Greatly enjoyed. Um, I will get it all put together, edited up, and I wish you an amazing day. Okay. Thanks. Nice to talk to you, Adrian. All right. Take care of yourself, bro. Bye. Bye-bye, mate.